Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex, access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content. So if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today, the letter is S, and S is for sexological bodywork. Celine Rene is an holistic sexologist and certified sexological bodyworker. Celine offers a unique body-based methodology to crack open her clients through pleasure. I love that line. She brings a ridiculous amount of joy and laughter in everything she does and wants every man to step into his power with strength and sensitivity and every woman to experience the sex she deserves and craves. She teaches both men and women how to unleash their sexual potential, bring out the best in each other, and have mind-blowing sex for hours. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so, first question, because I don't know how many listeners know, what is sexological body work? I know it is a mouthful. <laughs> when, when, when I pronounce it, like people are like, what the heck is that? So one of the simplest definition that I have come up with for people to understand it, it's kind of like it stands as a, at the crossroad of sex therapy and erotic massages. Because really what we do is that we work um, as somatic sex educators. We work on the body and we have a, like, a plethora of practices and techniques that we do from simple like coaching, breathing practices to help you be in your body, in your pleasure, to like hands-on guidance where you get to really, I like to say like unlock your owner's manual for your own body. So that's a work that encompasses so much from, from touch to coaching and all around sexuality and really finding, you know, what it means to be a sexual being. What does it mean for you and in your body? So, um, Somebody I interviewed on another subject mentioned that she'd had a yoni massage, and that's something that would be part, would fall under that, that rubric. Somebody who's a sexological body worker might give a yoni massage. Totally. As part of what they're doing. Totally. So, yeah, cock, cock massage, pussy massage, yoni massage, lingam massage. I mean, well, however you want to name it. <laughs> but full on gentle touch is also part of the work that we are trained to do. And I know myself that you guys do a lot of work with people who have been traumatized um, and that sexological body work can be a really um, essential piece in part of the recovery from sexual trauma for some people. 
Yeah, so it's it's very interesting because it is one angle when it comes to being a sexological body worker coming from the place of like helping people heal trauma, move beyond that. Because really what happens is that every time we have um, traumas or negative things, it, it stays locked into our bodies, into the cell memories. And so working on the body level, working on the cell level is what really helps you to remove those traumas and go past it. But I think also it depends on the individual because everybody kind of has their areas of expertise. So I don't specifically advertise myself or put myself out there as somebody who specializes in trauma. Um, but I do have clients who come from that angle. For me, what I really love to specialize in is kind of like helping either men and women that are bored or frustrated with their sex life to really have the sex they want. And so either it's like your body's not working you want, like the way you want it. If you're a man and you don't have the erections that you want or the control over the ejaculation, um, if you're a woman and you don't have orgasms or not often having orgasms or you experience pain during intercourse or you don't, you don't really know your body, these are kind of more of the people that I love to work with. So talk to me a bit about, um, I've been dealing with a lot of um, um, women around menopause. We talk about, we've been talking about menopause a lot recently. And one of the things that doesn't get advertised about menopause is that you can suddenly start to have painful sex, and it isn't necessarily because of a dry vagina, that actually painful sex can have to do with membrane thinning and things like that. Um, and that sounds interesting that that's something that you would actually address in sexological body work is that kind of pain. And so where does that fit in, hmm. in terms of sorting that sort, sort of thing out? Yeah, so... <sighs> You know, like obviously with menopause, it, there's a lot of changes in the body and it doesn't happen in one day. So if women had cycles that, you know, throughout their life, they were the type of women that either, you know, popped took a pill and didn't listen to their bodies and or had a lot of really difficult like menstrual cramping, like every time they had their bleeding time, it was awful. They tend to experience a menopause that also kind of is very similar to how they were bleeding. And in many traditions, um, I've studied a lot, something called Taoism. So I studied with somebody called Montak Chia. I love Montak Chia stuff. Oh, good. <laughs> So, um, so that's kind of where I come from. A lot of the things that I share, even though I am trained as a sexological body worker, I started with Taoism. And if you look at ancient culture, menopause did not even exist. Um, in, the, in Japan, it's a word that didn't exist. It's something that's more recent. So I'm not saying that it's not real. It absolutely is real. But one of the things that I have noticed is that it has a lot to do with our lifestyle, with how we eat. And another theory of mine that I'm kind of like developing too is that we women might have had decades or more than decades of sex that, were not, that wasn't fulfilling. And all of that kind of gets stuck in the body. And there comes time when you're menopause, you're no longer willing to compromise. It's kind of like, you know, you're becoming this wise woman, the crown. And it's like, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. And it's time to kind of redefine, hey, how does, do I want to do sex? Because maybe you don't want to just have sex that's like penetration and right away because that could be painful because maybe you needed more time to have the lubrication happening in the body. So it's about redefining and seeing, hey, what is sex? What is sex for me? 
how what do i need so if you come to me from that angle of the menopause um we'll look at that uh, if you have a partner being like hey how can like how can you teach your partner how you want to be touched so that you can actually feel turned on again how can you like discover what feels good for your body and teach your partner yeah and i mean i think well we don't spend a lot of time on that do we Certainly in Western culture, it's not, people don't spend a lot of time figuring out what they even desire. So it's not surprising to me that you, you know, that a woman might wake up at that point, having actually suppressed lots of stuff that they just really didn't enjoy in the first place. Um, I, I, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned Montak Chia because I was at a workshop that had nothing to do with any of this and was talking with somebody who lives right near the center in Thailand, mm -hmm. who, when he saw what I did for a living, suggested that, it might, that I might want to go be a visiting educator there. And um, when he showed me the center, I got really excited because I found Montak Chi in, I think, 1986. You know, so it's a long time, and it's not a name I hear very often anymore. So can you describe, as, because part of what we're talking about, a bit about what Montak Chia teaches? Mm. Yes, yeah, so it's it's fascinating. Like what he has brought to us in terms of what he calls inner alchemy and understanding the energy in your body and using that energy to like have more vitality and transform it to have just like to feel better about yourself. It's like it's 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 a it's a huge piece, and so I actually spent six weeks in Tao Garden to do a part of the certification. And so, if you have a chance to go, Laurie Beth, do go. And anybody who's listening, uh, just even as a guest, because it's it's beautiful. It's so amazing. Like you're taking a vacation from the world, and you totally get to recenter yourself. Um, when it comes to the practices, like it's like some things that are very interesting because it's about teaching you how to have a relationship with your body. And not just your sex centers, you know, there's all these practices, for example, that are related to your inner organs. So how um, each organ carries an emotion and, and how to like transmute that energy. So like, let's say anger, which is a very common emotion that is all held into the liver. And so what the other opposite emotion, which is kindness. So developing this, like transmuting the anger into kindness. So you're learning to do all of these practices in terms of turning jealousy into love, can like, like anger into kindness and all of these things. And there's all these different other practices that are about connecting to things that you can't even see, to energy of the North Star, to the elements that are um, surrounding us. And so it's like, how can you, it's, it's really a way of life. How can you be so connected to yourself that your body also is a gateway for you to connect to all of the elements and everything that is around you? And it's a, it's a lifelong practice. I discovered Mantak Chia when I was 20. And, and so I have been like practicing, learning, discovering, teaching some of that for all of these years. And every time I revisit something, I understand it deeper and it takes on a whole new meaning. Wonderful, wonderful, great stuff. Um, so an extra piece for people who are looking at these sorts of issues and and wanting to generate that energy and generate that connection is that these are practices that, you know, they are lifelong practices, but they're things that they're quite easy for you to, to learn and to do. 
Um, and, and that it's worth adding that as a piece. I think one of the things that um, people often forget, and it sounds weird when you're talking about sex, that people often forget that actually you actually have to pay attention to the body. You have to observe in order to figure out what works. People talk about it. They do a lot of stuff in their heads. They talk about releasing emotions, but they forget that actually, you know, the body is an integral part of this. And if you're not actually paying attention to what goes on in your body when you're touched, more than just orgasm, because everybody focuses on orgasm, <laughs> which is great and it's fun and it's wonderful, but... <laughs> You know, your body does lots of other things besides orgasm. And you, do you find that with the people you work with that they have complete unawareness of what's going on often? Oh, totally. I, I see that a lot. This is one of the biggest things we work on is bringing you back to your senses and bringing you back to your body. <laughs> Some of my favorite practices are like for women is the breast massage because it's really helping you being in touch with your breasts, with yourself, because most women don't touch their bodies. We always like put our health and our bodies into the hands of like doctors or other people that we put on the pedestal that know nothing about ourselves. We need to touch our bodies. We need to know, well, how does my labia, how do they look like when I'm engorged and aroused? What kind of discharge do I have in, in my vagina? Like I had like one time when I went to the gynecologist, he told me that I had an unusual discharge or something that was wrong with me. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm ovulating. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's stretchy and it's, and it's egg white and there's nothing wrong with it. And then it changes through the cycle. It gets like wider and thicker. So because I've observed all of these things, I know and I can take responsibility for that. And I think it is essential. And then for the man, in terms of the best practices, is to really separate ejaculation and orgasm. And so not making it about an ejaculation. And when you're able to really connect to your body in such a way like this, you make love totally differently. Because again, it's not about that destination. It's about the journey and enjoying. Yeah, taking the time. But I think it's also important for men to know their bodies as well. I recently wrote on this because I'm... Um, you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and so lots of people talk about it, how important it is to examine your breasts, and, and it is. But for me, the most important thing is that you actually know what's normal for you. Exactly. And that if you don't know what's normal for you, then you can't really have any confidence in anybody you go to to be able to help because with the best will in the world, like you say, I mean, your example is a great example, you know? Ovulation looks different for different people. Our secretions change during ovulation. If you're seeing a doctor for the first time and they don't know you, they don't know what's normal for you. If they're a good doctor, they'll ask you what's normal for you rather than telling you something <laughs> wrong. But often they don't and they think that there's something wrong and they'll say there's something wrong. And if you're a woman who's not aware of your, your own body, you won't know the same for a man. You won't know. So you will get treated with stuff you don't need, but also they'll miss the things that actually where problems arise. And most of the problems that we develop that to go on to be serious, if we find them really early, they're not serious. And the exactly. only way you're gonna do that is if you're actually aware of your body and your body process. Mm -hmm. I also deal with a lot of people who, are, who find it very difficult to stay present during sex. Mm -hmm. They present by saying things like, I mean, the guys tend to talk about finding it hard to be focused. 
Mm-hmm. Or that if they are focused, that they then ejaculate too quickly and that this is a problem. The women talk about being tense. So, and guys talk about not, not being able to come back from work and women, you know, they're doing work in their heads. And, but, but ultimately what they're talking about is not actually sitting in their body mm-hmm. during sex. And what I find fascinating is they're often not sitting in their body for most of their lives. <laughs> well, that's the key. If you're not present in your body during life, don't expect that suddenly you're going to be able to have like to be totally like present into your body. It's a practice that you do every single minute that you are alive in this body. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean to me it's fascinating because people don't I mean, a lot of people, if I if listening to us, will not understand what the hell we're talking about. Mm, yes. And now everybody talks about mindfulness and mindfulness, and mindfulness is lovely, and it's a lovely word. But um, I used to use the term grounding, and the reason that I used grounding because it's the same thing, is that for me the most important thing was to get people to understand that you actually need to be grounded in the body. I want your feet to hit the floor, and you to be able to feel your feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so that you can feel every part of you and that that's the place that you're starting. And that's just in life. And that we pull away from the body. The, the quickest reason for pulling away from the body is because of pain. Mm-hmm. So I've got tennis elbow at the moment. So I spend a lot less time in this part of my body because mm-hmm. if I sit in it, it hurts. So I can pull my consciousness away from that. And there's value in that. If you can control it and you can decide, I'm not going to be in my body now. Oh, now I want to be back in my body. But the vast majority of people don't have that kind of control. Totally. And that control that you're talking about is really essential, like especially for the men. Here's the thing. If you want to be able to last with somebody, you have to be able to feel your body because there's something where you're like, okay, Let's say you start to be aroused, so you're at zero, then you start becoming aroused, like one, two, three, you're getting that erection, and then it's like you're at a five, and then you don't know how it happened, you went from a five to a 10, and you have no clue. And that's a lot of the work that I do with the men that I work with, it's what is between that five and 10? Between right. that I'm really, like, I'm turned on, excited, I have a boner to like, hey, I can last and feel the variation, and then taking it deeper in terms of like, surfing what I call the waves of pleasures because again it's not about going to that destination as fast as you can and then off it's finished and it's done it's like how can you take um like if you're heterosexual like the woman that you're making love with on the right so that it lasts because if we look even at numbers uh, the average woman will take about 20 minutes to orgasm the average man lasts about five to seven minutes there's obviously a shortage here, something that doesn't happen, like that doesn't work properly. So we got to find a way for both people. And again, I'm talking about average here, but find a way for both people and both energies to be able to like um, align and be in sync. I find it, and I find it so interesting because if you look at research on, on women in masturbation and men in masturbation, it's exactly the opposite. Women in masturbation, average time to orgasm is about a minute and a half. Yeah, we know what we like, but you know what I found too, um, working with women, a few things. A lot of women have desensitized their clits from using a lot of vibrators and we're kind of approaching sexuality from a very masculine, um, so goal-oriented way. 
in that it's rubbing us, it's rubbing off from the ability to recharge and nourish. When you go for an orgasm, whether you're male or female, for a minute and a half and go to the finish, sure, you have a tension release, but you don't have, like, your body and your energy is not nourished. So back to the Taoist perspective, where you use the sexual energy to to transmute, transform, and have more energy in the body and heal the body, things that are out of balance, you need more than a minute and a half of basking into sexual energy for that to happen. So learning how can you actually delay that so that you can stay into these waves of pleasure. And especially when you look at the orgasm that you have after a minute and a half, they tend to be really short-lived. And uh, often it will be just a, like a superficial clit orgasm that's a firework as a woman. And then as a man, they'll just go like, okay, they'll ejaculate and they're done and they'll sleep. If you delay that and you go like close to your edge and bring the energy back down, the next time you go up, you can go just a little bit higher. And every time you do this, you're starting to build up and build up so that when and if you choose to go for an orgasm, it will feel very different and deeper. And we access different levels of, I want to say, consciousness when we stay in it longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's a really interesting, but it's a really interesting task to get people from that place where they don't, Westerners in particular, don't talk about sex in a way that's healthy and helpful. Don't look at sex. I mean, sex is advertisement everywhere. There's sex everywhere we look. But actually getting people to talk about desire and getting people to look at what they like and getting people to communicate with each other about what they like, that doesn't happen. So actually getting them from that place to a place where they're willing to, to kind of take time in masturbation. I mean, God, you know, getting people to masturbate is hard enough. <laughs> and especially in the society we live in, we, it's a society where it's instant gratification. And I, I noticed that a lot of people have massive um, ADD, like attention deficit disorders. They can't focus anymore. They want something right away because we, all, we always are bombarded with notifications on our cell phones or like you want something, it's one click away and 30 seconds away. I mean, if you like with Amazon Prime and it's delivered like the same day or the next day, we, we're not used to waiting anymore. And I think that there's a lot of benefits in, in the society that we have, that it's awesome that we can travel around the world so much faster, that we have access to the knowledge and technology. But there's some things that we've lost along the way, like the ability to be still, to relax and enjoy being. <laughs> And we actually have to reteach ourselves how to be human being. And in the work that I do, this is exactly what we do. Like, how, how can you be in your body and enjoy it? I mean, I think that's really important. I, you know, when I grew up, because I, because I am in my 50s, when I grew up, you had to wait for things. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was built into life. Mm-hmm. You know, I always use the example of your favorite television program. You had to wait. If you wanted to see your favorite television program, it was on once a week. That's when it was on. It was on at a particular time. There was no recording. There was no, re, you know, winding it back. You might get a rerun in the summer, but, you, you know, that's a long way off. So <laughs> you needed to plan so that you could be there to watch. Mm-hmm. And then there was anticipation all week long for the next one. No such thing as binge watching a box set, right? <laughs> And it's a silly example, but it, for me, it really highlights the difference between the way I grew up, 
not because of how my parents taught me, but just the society and the way my 15-year-old grew up. My 15-year-old, who if he wants, from the time he was born, if he wanted to watch something or get something, could find it online, order it, and have it within an hour. Mm -hmm. Versus if I wanted something like that, that there was a set time and place, and that was it, and you waited. And so I believe that my generation learned something about perseverance and something about patience, even those of us who are impatient, and I am not a patient person. <laughs> but compared to the, the younger generation, I'm unbelievably patient. Mm -hmm. Because it was, it was a built-in part, cycles and seasons. For example, getting vegetables and fruit. Mm -hmm. you, you, you couldn't get a watermelon all year round. <laughs> watermelon was a summer fruit you got it when it when it grew now it doesn't matter where in the world i am i can have anything i want now if i have the money to do it um yes. and so but it's a very different you you lose complete sense of the natural rhythms of the body and the natural rhythms of the world and a lot of people will go oh that's really woo and and i'll say no actually it's really essential mm -hmm. you know i mean your spirituality is your own business you know, I'm a spiritual person, so for me, that there's that's part of it. But the more important bit is that actually this is essential because our body has cycles too. It really We're does. Living creatures, we have cycles. We no longer pay attention to those cycles. And when you look at reproduction, it's really clear where we don't. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when the pill was first developed, of course, you took the pill and you came off for a week and you had a period. Mm -hmm. So you were just suppressing ovulation, not anything else. Or actually, you weren't even suppressing ovulation. You were putting yourself in a constant state of pregnancy, pretty sort much. Of, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but not constantly, because you came off for a week, and then you had a period when they first came out. Now, you yes. put yourself in a constant state of pregnancy. <laughs> now, women decide not to have breaks because they don't want to have a period when they're doing whatever. There's, there's none of the natural rhythm in a lot of the methods that we use to control birth. And it has an impact, and it has an impact that we have babies later. Mm -hmm. and, and all of that. So all, so all of our cycles have become changed and shifted as a result of this kind of now culture. Yes. The other thing that I see in that culture is that we feel so much more connected. And I put this with little like yeah. <laughs> air signs connected here yeah. because in reality, I believe that we are less human connected uh, than ever before. We think we have so many friends because we are on social media and we have X numbers and we're so liked because you have so many comments and posts on your, on your wall. And in reality, the last time you hugged a human being might have been a week ago if you don't have a partner, if you don't live with somebody else. And that is frightening. And with the development to of artificial intelligence and, you know, there's even those things now where they teach, um, they teach, men or women who want to learn how to stroke a pussy with like an app so you get to stroke a pussy on your phone and you know I, I bought that because I was like really excited to see hey how can I use that in my in my work with my clients because in the work that I do it's always one way so it's always from me to the clients they never get to work on me so I'm always like super excited about hey unless they bring a partner then I coach them I was like what else could I do so that they get to see how to like <laughs> stroke right. a pussy in the right way but but the thing is it's not the same you know i was right. like playing with that app and i'm like i'm just feeling really frustrated like it just doesn't give you the same thing no it, so does, it doesn't if you need that you need that actual contact 
You too. But you need it for, for so many reasons. I mean, the reality is, is, is even if you go back to early attachment research, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the study that everybody always quotes in psychology is the Bowlby studies where they took monkeys away from their mothers and, mm-hmm. and you know, monkeys um, had a choice of a wire monkey and lots of food or a monkey with a cloth on it and no food. And they actually chose, when they were given the choice between food and cloth monkey, not no food, but the choice between food and cloth monkey, baby monkeys chose cloth monkey because oh. they needed that contact, that mm-hmm. and that contact. And that, and that really people, people really have developed pretty intense psychological issues over time when they're not getting actual physical contact mm-hmm. from other human beings. And so at the same time as where society is more spread out and we have more technology and we connect, as you put with the air quotes, in ways (laughs) that actually don't involve the physical body and seeing somebody, we also have situations in which um, touch is seen a lot of the time is perverted. So people worry about hugging. People worry like teachers in school won't hug a child anymore because they'll get accused of... Mm -hmm. um, molestation or behaving inappropriately. Whereas, you know, when I was little, if you fell down and hurt your knee, when you were in primary school, the teacher picked you up, gave you a hug, dusted you off and sent you back in. Stuff like that happens less and less. People touch less and less because of their fears. And it leads to just more and more depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and poor health. And so any way that we can encourage people to actually be in their bodies recognize their body's needs and and eat and get physical contact not just sex but physical contact go and see your friend mm-hmm. right make sure that you're going to hear a human voice you're going to feel a human touch because mm-hmm. because online is not the same it is not and you know the part that i love about sexological body work is because you can go get a massage and have that that touch but there's the syndrome of the giant donut when you get a massage where there's this black hole (laughs) that's not being touched on your body when you get a massage so it perpetuates the shame and the embarrassment about the body and in sexological body work we like we embrace it and we're like yes you have a body let's celebrate and all of it is beautiful and all of it deserves love and attention whether it's an anus butt cheek a penis vagina breasts it doesn't matter they 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 meant to be touched loved and they all have a potential for pleasure and that people understand that this is this is a therapeutic work so this isn't starting a relationship with somebody. This isn't a sex worker who's going to do what you ask them to do because you ask them to do it. But because I think people don't understand that. Like, and I'm, I'm pro-sex work, so people are aware. I'm pro-sex work. I have no problem with sex workers. But if you go see a sexological body work and you want them and you say, well, really what I'd rather you do is, is lick my pussy or suck on my dick, uh-huh. they're going to say, I'm sorry, that's not what I do. Exactly. That's not what this is about. Exactly. That's why, I I mean, a lot of people will like it. So I, you know, coming from Switzerland, prostitution and sex work is legal. So I'm totally in favor of it. It's if it's like in a safe place where it's regulated, safe for the workers, safe for the clients, I'm all for it. (laughs) And then again, the work I do is different in terms um, that it gives that chance for people to explore being in their bodies and having boundaries, you know, and simply just... (sighs) it's taking it out of just a fantasy 
And like, because a lot, and and, and it's more something, well, actually women too now are getting a lot caught up in their fantasy, but a lot of the men, they're like, I can only be aroused or, or have an erection if, um, I don't know, I see breasts and you, you touch me a certain way. And I'm like, I never get undressed. That's not what, that's not part of what we do. And it's taking away that that whole like projection that in order to feel good about myself, somebody else has to do something for me. Right. And it's about learning. Like it's really facilitating for the person who's there on the mattress or table. I do time massage too. So I work on a mattress on the floor because I really like, it's very grounding as an experience. Um, So whoever is on that mattress has a chance to to really like take responsibility for their turn-ons, for their arousals. And I like to link it. It's kind of like driver's ed. I am there next to you telling you about turning right, turning left. Sometimes I grab the wheel (laughs) and I'll show you how it goes. And then you still are the one driving the car at all time. And that is a phenomenal experience too that, uh, that is really empowering. Yeah, and that's something that there, there is no other place that, that somebody would necessarily get that. And mm-hmm. we don't get it because we, I mean, that's not how we learn sex and that's not how we learn our bodies. It, it's, there isn't a place to do that. Exactly. Right. And the, the thing about the sex workers at times um, is that I, I have friends who are sex workers and you, know, you just, they will do things for their clients that they would never want to have done on themselves. So it doesn't always teach you, teaching you real sex for real life. And so just because you're paying and you're paying good money, they'll just agree to do anything. But do you really think that other people on earth that you will meet will want to do what you want to do with the, with the sex worker? Might be not. So it's not teaching you how to have a real relationship. And that's the one place that I don't like is I think even a sex worker, they should have the right to be like, no, or like, oh, this is how I want to be touched. This is what feels good to me. Because sometimes they'll just be like, okay, I'll let you just kind of like do, have your way with me. And I know in three minutes you'll ejaculate and we'll be done. And that's sad because in the sessions that I do, I don't allow anybody to come in three minutes. I teach them how to last for at least 20 minutes. Like they become better lovers. The women like that, they love sending me their man. They love that because they're like, thank thank you. Finally, somebody who can teach my man what he needs to do. And then he comes back to me and do it to me. (laughs) That's wonderful. If people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Okay, so uh, my website, CelineRemy.com, and it's spelled C E. L-I-N-E, and Remy is R-E-M-Y.com. So CelineRemy.com is uh, like, you can see everything. Because one of the beauty of the work I do is that I can also work remotely. Um, one of my favorite things to do is masturbation coaching. So we meet on Zoom and we get to do a lot of, of, of practices and I can guide you uh, via like just being online. Um, so that's also a possibility. So on that site, you'll have everything. But I also have um, online courses that myself and my beloved, we've teamed up together and we have courses for men specifically. And it's called Power and Mastery. So just P-O-W-E-R. A-N-D and then M-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com, powerandmastery.com. And it's a phenomenal free parts online course for men. And um, 
you know, where you get to learn all the skills you want for sexual mastery. And we've broken it down in three parts because one part is like if you have premature ejaculation and you want to learn to have control. One is if you have erection difficulty and, and dysfunctions and just kind of like learning how to have, you know, harder, stronger erections naturally. And then the third part is all about that sexual mastery, all these elements that we talked about earlier, about the presence, about really how to connect and go to deeper levels of intimacy with a woman, how to touch a woman properly how to give a pussy massage and all of that. And so what's awesome about this course is that people can take one part or the entire course. So these are the two ways that you can find me. Uh, and I, which is great. I, they, these are in the podcast notes now. So um, it, if you go to the podcast notes, you will find them. They're in the podcast notes. They'll be, they go up through Libsyn. So they'll be in the iTunes podcast notes. And they're also in the podcast notes on my website under where you can actually listen to the podcast as well. Um, thank you so much for joining me. This has been absolutely great. Mm, my and, pleasure. <laughs> thanks listeners for joining me for the A to Z of sex this week. Please write to me with your suggestions for the show and any questions you want answered at Dr. Lori Beth at A to Z of sex.com. That's D R L O R I B E T H at A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X.com. Do follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out my YouTube channel. For a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to H-T-T-P-S colon forward slash forward slash A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X.com, and do click on the button that says schedule now. If you do enjoy the show, please leave me a review on iTunes and or Stitcher, and I'll see you next week when the letter will be T- Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.